Welcome to Yeah Nah Look. It's uh, around 23 episode. Um, we actually recorded our round 23 episode yesterday, but we didn't record we somehow. Did. Stuffed it up, so we're back. Uh, and Did since you, you guys didn't know, because you didn't get to hear yesterday, we've got a special guest co-host in here filling in for Dicko. We've got Who's Pooch. Holidays. Yeah. Oh, thanks for Hello, Pooch. Pooch. Again. Give us a brief summary of yourself. Very um, brief. Very brief. Uh, name's Paul, Pooch McDuck, Launchpad McQuack. Um, mm. I'm a Hawthorne supporter, bandwagoner, for those of you who don't Hawthorne, know. Hawthorne, tragic. Tragic. Since when? Where was the year? Since Hawthorne. Since 2000. Since early 2008. Oh, so early, not, yeah. not a Just before Just they won the <laughs> I was a preemptive success. <laughs> About preliminary finals. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just when Hoji like, broke his ribs, it was like GG. Me some, like me some footy since then. Yeah. Some modern some modern take on the game. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Cool bananas. Uh, all right. Well, we'll move into the news. I don't know. News. Who needs it? <laughs> um, <laughs> Dustin Martin's probably might be, could be going to North Melbourne or something. They can, oh, they can offer him so much money. Yeah, a bit of money on the table for old Dusty Matt. But it's still North Melbourne. I mean, come I on. I saw something today saying uh, West Coast is is in in play for Josh Kelly. Apparently, they're West they're Coast. inquiring. Um, he had a game of the weekend, and yeah, I don't know if there's any other news. Um, Chris Yaron was a meth head. Now he loves. Hey, look, we're just happy to get away with the four okay, points. Okay, Croft's going to do the MRP. Go. Okay, so. Tom Jonas from Port Adelaide uh, was charged with a rough, rough conduct charge for his hit on Western Bulldogs midfielder Luke Delhouse, who's copped it two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can... He's been slapped with a two-match ban by the yep. match review panel. Cool. Fremantle Ruckman Sean Darcy accepts a one-match suspension for striking Richmond defender Nick Oh, he sure did. Ooh-wee. Melbourne defender Bernie Vince has escaped suspension. And he will cop a $1,500 fine along with, uh, oh, sorry, for um, separate inc- incidents involving Dane and Clay Beams, the Beams brothers. Mm. Mm. He's gunning for those Beamsies. So, and uh, Match Review Panel has also thrown out a two match day reports of St. Kilda defender Jake Carlisle for striking North Melbourne opponents Luke McDonald and Declan <coughs> Mountford. Cool. So, yeah, just fine. Nothing big. All right. Well, uh, cool. Um, yep. That's that thing. Done. Now we'll uh, do the drop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, we so kind of did this up. yesterday. So, we're actually so luckily, our second can luckily of Luckily, we got a six pack. So we luckily, we liked it. And it was yeah, it was quite pirate, nice. The pirate, uh, <coughs> pirate Life Brewing Company. Yep, it's Pirate Life Throwback IPA, three point five percent alcohol. Just a classic IPA. Really. It's in a lovely can. It's kind of a light. What would you describe this color as, Pooge? The can. amber, amber ale. No, the color of the can. You. Oh well, that's <laughs> kind of light amber. The can <laughs> we were describing the can is a very classic. Oh, I like it. I forgot we have to uh, describe the actual packaging, not the yeah. actual beer. I like it. Um, yeah, bit of head. It is an amber. It's reasonably dark. 
It's a reasonably dark kind of amber. You can't really see through it. Pretty thick bit of thickness. So as as light amber as the can is, mm. the actual Ooh. ale it's, the actual ale itself is kind of a dark amber. Yep, I like it. So yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. We don't have anything to say about it because we're pretty shit at describing beers. So and yeah, there's nothing on the packaging for us to go by. Yeah, so. we've got nothing on the packaging. But was it no yeah. artificial preservatives? All right, we're gonna go fruity with a very express post version of the results and review. I think. Good thing we didn't record yesterday because I reckon we waffled on a little bit more than we could have or should have. <clears throat> but on the Friday night, the Sydney Swans were successful against Adelaide Crows in a tight contest. It's kind of back and forth. Sydney started well. It good was game. a good game of footy. No, Buddy was... kicked a ripping goal. Um, but yeah, it was a good, good match. It lived up to the billing of being a sort of. I mean, it wasn't literally a top of the. Sorry, it wasn't literally a top of the table clash, but. In a way, it was you know the top team all year yeah. and the and the most informed team the last like for the recent part of the year. So good game. Two powerhouses go out. It was a good game. Mm. Look forward to seeing them potentially play off in the finals. Great goal stage. by Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Buddy kicked ripping Although goals. Controversial. The AFL have said that they don't think it should have been allowed. Yeah, and also Why? run too far. I think it was because he ran too far. Yeah. yeah. Another controversial thing was that they've, I mean, they've reneged on their uh, Eddie Betts on Callum Mills. They said that yeah. that should have been a free kick, which could yeah, have changed the game. They could have, but you know, umpire's going to ump. Yeah, uh, that's the shit that happens. Uh, do we have the so votes yeah? There's no well, the coaches' votes aren't out yet, so we don't know. But Josh P Kennedy played pretty well. He did. But he played well, so we'll just wait and see what happens there. I guess. But I think Rory uh, Sloan played quite well as Mitch well. McGovern. Four goals, good stuff. Um, were there any injuries in that game? I don't think there really were. So look, that's a positive there. Uh, <clears throat> so the next game, the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide, and this probably puts Bulldogs out of the finals. There will be a tough road back from here for them. So disappointing for them, a good win for Port. As I said, Port can't beat anyone in the top eight, so the Bulldogs obviously are a bottom eight team because Port beat them. Something is about right. Yeah. But it was yeah. a good win for Port. I think the Bulldogs would regret that this game wasn't at Etihad Stadium and that it was in Ballarat. That probably stuffed them up a little bit. Bokey played you know, pretty well. Yeah, Bokey played pretty well. Mm. But yeah, I mean, like, as I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, it is interesting that Port Adelaide are sitting pretty well in fifth after not being able to beat a single top eight side. So, mm. yeah. They got a good draw. There Because they underperformed last year. There are more teams in the so bottom. Uh, not in the top eight, so if you beat them, yeah. you'll still be in the final. Yeah, these days, yeah, there's yeah. ten. So you beat all them, that's a fair bit. Play them more than once, then yeah, you're in. You can easily get 14 <coughs> wins off just not in the, the show. They've got the power to win, they'll never get in, as long as they're against the bottom. That not, not Adelaide aggression. Yeah. <laughs> so you win from them, yeah, we spoke about the guys played well. Charlie Dixon was pretty good, he patches that game. Bulldogs just couldn't get it done. Jakey Stringer did the string. So season's one. probably over. I saw some talk yesterday on Fox Footy. Someone, Jason Dunstall, was suggesting that they floating, trade him. Floating the idea that they trade him. They trade him. And, you know... Decent. Uh, decent. Just, I, I, yeah. I think it's plausible. They were talking about getting a top five pick for him, which I think is ridiculous. I think you'd get... I mean, I don't know about top... The only reason I think you, would, you wouldn't get top five because the teams that are that have a top five pick probably aren't in a position where Stringer would be that beneficial to them. Yeah, it depends. But on I think a need. top a top eight, nine pick. Like I I think Fremantle would trade whatever they pick six, whatever they get. I think they would consider trading that for Stringer. It might not be a straight so it might be like first 
first round pick. Something's just it might be a first round pick, and you know, for Stringer and a second round pick or a third round pick yeah. swap. Or something. I mean, he is one of those X factory <clears throat> kind of players. So yeah, but in saying that as well, if he is, is one of those X factor type of players. Um, he may potentially not perform if he does get traded, so it's a real risk. We're probably in this uh, a similar vein to Stephen Motlop, but I think the difference is Stringer did have one year where he was like consistent for a year, yeah. Whereas Motlop's probably never really had a fully consistent year. But anyways, we'll move on from that because it's probably nothing that's going to happen anyway. I doubt the Bulldogs would trade him. I think that they need to be realistic and not go overboard. From this season, they won the premiership last year. They do have a young squad still. Yeah, well, I, I think they need to be throwing anything apart. I think the point that they of... they peaked earlier than they expected is yeah, probably Kingy, a good Kingy one. He said it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. they didn't well, expect it. So. Young, young team winning the premiership is easy for them to get carried away. Yeah, and probably over celebrate and just think it's going to happen all the time and not put in the work as much. So they went as hungry. Yeah. Uh, Collingwood got beat by Geelong. It was a competitive game by Collingwood. Probably says more about Geelong to me that they're not. I don't think Geelong can win the premiership this year. Yeah, they're not too firing all cylinders, too reliant on danger fields and solids. Yeah. Danger P- wood. Pooj and I this morning watched the old uh, Two Hours documentary where Collingwood in McMulthouse last year there played Geelong in the GF. And we were saying that that Geelong team had a lot more depth in terms of match winners. Yeah. So this Chappie. team's got, you know, Selwood and Dangerfield. And then there's sort of a drop and they got like, decent, good, good players. But that team had, you know, Chapman, Geelong, they, Chapman, Geelong, Bartel. Steve Johnson, Bartel, Bartel yeah. and they still had Joel Selwood. Joel Selwood. They, you know, Harry yeah. Taylor was a better player at that stage. Had a young Tom Hawkins, but... Had Tom Hawkins. They had Pod Seadley, so they sort of had that... that yeah. They didn't have to play Harry Taylor forward because Pod Seadley was basically that yeah. that guy, even though he got hurt in that in that particular game. That game and they had yeah. Matty Stokes was a very good player around then, and they yeah. still had like a young, very young Mitch Duncan... They still had Andrew Mackey was still in his prime and they had a bit like Don't even get more depth though. of stars. Nick Maxwell as well, by the way. Well, was, he leadership. was Collingwood, but superstar. <laughs> um, yeah, so Geelong did what they had to do, but I think there'd be some question marks about how far they can go. Yep. Um, next game, Gino Bess and West Coast. This was just the Josh, Josh Kelly show. He definitely will get 10 chocolates yeah, when the chocolates are out. Uh, West Coast... They didn't embarrass themselves. They played. They were competitive, but they just didn't quite have the talent against yeah. GWS, who are starting to come together. Which is mm. one of the things we did say yesterday in our failed recording, is that things are sort of coming to into place for them at the right time. Yep. Probably. Yeah, I did like. Before. I wanted to mention this yesterday. I forgot. I did like the Elliot Yo Toby Green battle. Mm. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, it's nice to see a a duel like that. Which <clears throat> the it, we've gone away from that with the zone defending and stuff, but. I think this year, it's we're great. We're starting to see a little bit more of it. I think if they reduce, I used to be against reducing the interchange rotations, but I actually think that's probably I prefer the idea of that rather than them bringing in zones where you can't go yeah. to certain places. Yeah, I much yeah. prefer. I'd rather them bring this bring the interchange down to forty or something, forty five, and then yeah the players will have to stay in their positions a bit more because they won't be able to and also then then that's where you bring out guys like a, Nick Rewalt was one that said he was really pro the interchange cap going down but that's where you guys like you know Ben Cousins in his prime and guys like Robert Harvey who Robert Harvey probably might have struggled in today's AFL but back then he was just fit and could just run all day and that's where he was able as a slower player to be really effective 
And if you are supremely fit in that, it gives you a point of difference against people. Whereas now, because the short burst stuff, it's all about being explosive, which is obviously still good, but that endurance athlete. It kind of changes what you look for in a draftee though as well. Like if you've drafted someone recently who is just a kind of strong, real speed runner, like not really a, an endurance runner, you just kind of like, oh shit, like they're not as not as high a value now. If they yeah. change, if they go down again on the interchange, then you're going to look like the likes of Brad Hill and like Billy Hartung yeah. and stuff like that. Even though Billy Hartung is a bit of a like, turner overall. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're going, well, that, you're going to be you're going to be, be really valuable guys like really athletes over just talented players yeah. like um like yeah which is kind of what it's been like over the last couple of years but yeah. at the same time though like smart footballers can use their energy well and it's yeah. not going to be like you just can be drafting endurance athletes i think a guy like michael barlow would benefit as well because everyone's going to be moving a little bit slower because they're more tired and he knows how to find space so that's sort of more natural footballer yeah, I think we'll, we'll benefit from it as well. But you know, so we'll move on from from that. But yeah, so Giants are getting it together. It was a good battle between Yo and Green. Green kicked his goals, but Yo definitely played well, and he's had a really good year, Elliot Yo as well. I I think he probably would be up there in West Coast best and fairest. To be honest, he's been yeah, quite good. He's I done a few good jobs. So. Yeah, they probably settled him a little bit more into like a halfback yeah, role more this year, now. and it, I think it's helped him. Uh, the next game, Essendon got up comfortably against Gold Coast. Look, they did what they had to do, mm. what they'd be expected to do, and they look pretty likely to make the finals now, the Bombers. A few things yeah. would have to go against them for them not to make it. Um, obviously, they play Fremantle over here who've been... Oh, sorry, Fremantle over there in Melbourne who have been poor the last two weeks, but uh, Freo have won every game they've played in Melbourne this year, just as a random fact. And you never know. They're one of those teams that you never know. But I think definitely Frio. Their drop-off the last couple of weeks has been poor. But also... Yeah, they want to finish the season strong. They've had... Their team that was playing in the middle, or early middle part of the year compared to now is quite different. They're missing... They're missing Sandlands and they're missing Spur. They've, they don't... They already are very young, but they've had a few significant of their experience plays out and Sean Darcy won't be able to play which gives Jonathan Griffin a chance but I actually think Darcy they play better with Darcy anyway mm. but uh, yeah so the Bombers put themselves in a good position in that game who Zaharakis did Zah- well. yeah Zaharakis was got... the dominant possession man you already have 38 I think mm, yeah. 38 Kyle Hooker kicked a couple of goals it wasn't a big day for Joe Dirt he had one goal and 10 touches big Joey Danner he's still but... in contention for the Coleman he's, he's still there yeah, he is. Josh Kennedy Josh Kennedy is yeah. just he's, he's at the moment he's only four ahead but he'll probably kick eight next he's week JK too. he's just the man um, the next game your two mobs went up against each other yeah. Cowtown Rats Tom Mitchell broke the disposal record set last year um, 755 is on the now one more game Carlton dropped our man Dennis like a bunch of scumbags. Oh, yeah, that, that was give him a disappointing. Farewell. Should have yeah. given him a farewell to the home crowd. But, but they got a win, so... Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Carlton played wins. pretty well. Hawthorne played pretty average. Yeah, Billy Hartung, basically, as I said, just, just that kick at the end was fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. But yeah, uh, Mark Murphy played well, I think, for Carlton. Um, he did. Sam Doherty... Um, Lamb kicked a couple of goals, did a good job Lamb, on Sicily, yeah. got in his head, he was got in his, his head. head. Uh, he's the talk of the game. Yeah, I think Sicily is just he is he's the ballers. Pickett, so he's the ballers of the whole. Pickett was exciting. Didn't have a lot of the ball, but when he got it, it was uh, yeah. Pickett was clean with a bit. 
He, was, he seemed like he was everywhere. He didn't get it. He didn't get it clean a few times where he should have. Another preseason. Yeah. I think he's probably. Well, he's that. never had a preseason. I'm pretty sure he's been injured mm. on almost every preseason. He's so. in that situation where, like, not to pump him up or anything, but kind of like Michael Walters, where he's really good to have in your front half, but his skill and like cleanness of the footy, you'd like to see him be able to get into the midfield, yeah. which we saw this year. <clears throat> With Frio, they played Walters in the midfield a bit and we saw how well he played doing that. And I think Walters had the tank probably to be able to do that before, but Fremantle was so starved of talent in their forward 50 that they yeah they needed him there and they had the midfield depth, whereas this year they've had to, you know, mix and match a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's a good comparison. I think, yeah, yeah Pickett's just 21. He's, what was he, number four? Pick, yeah, I, I think, think it four, was. Yeah. And he never had a good... He had one of the... You know the... um. Same thing that Dane Swan had with the foot. The oh yeah, yeah, the um, list Frank. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The list Frank. Um, being on the other injury, side, of so. being on the other side of that though, it goes back to our Crofts Crofts Cook from a couple months back, I think, where they just commentators were sucking his dick hardcore. Oh, he was yeah. just everywhere, and yeah. it's like, oh, Pickett's playing good, isn't he? It's like, <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just get on people sometimes. Uh, the next game, my uh, backup boys, Melbourne. Beat Brisbane. Brisbane did what Brisbane had been doing. They were very competitive and definitely didn't lower their colours. Hogs. And six Hogan goals. kicked six goals for Melbourne, which that is great good. for them. And they're in that similar thing. Of, I mean, even though they obviously, you'd say, oh, they should be beating Brisbane by more if they're going to be a legitimate finals team. But wow. this is what Brisbane have been doing. Well, yeah, they've been really competitive. They're well some coached. Good, some good teams of. And they've been. got good players that are there. Like the Beams brothers are both there at the moment. They've They've got most of their team available so yeah. they're in a kind of different situations like Frio where they've had a few out they've they've got their guys there their experienced ones and their young guys are in good form at the moment so it's good development really for the yeah, Eric, yeah. Hip, Eric Hipwood yeah it's finally a good sign promising. for Brisbane that they're yeah. not just the club that everybody wants to get away from not so. a training not <laughs> yeah. a training camp yeah but still yeah good like some guys are coming together for Melbourne they didn't have Jack Viney so they're in pretty good stead and they, they look they're about 90% chance of making the finals a lot a lot has yeah. to go wrong for them not to yeah. uh the next game, St Kilda touched up North Melbourne in an emotional game because it was Rui's last match mm. at, at Etihad Stadium or whatever. Um, they had a good win. They keep themselves with a faint chance of making the finals. Yeah. It's going to be pretty tough again. You need, you don't want to be in that situation with one round to go where you're relying on other results. You'd much rather have it in your yeah, own hands. But definitely. if they keep winning and you know, if they win the next week, they give themselves a chance. They do deserve to be there, though. They've played a pretty good season. Yeah, I they've been they've just, you know, they've they've ups and downs. I think around the middle of the season, I think they're probably... There's just a few people from the top that yeah. have done really well. There's like Seb Ross just had a yeah. pretty, pretty good season. Yeah. yeah, well, we said at the start of the year, it was like, you know, Dico... Dico was the Saints guy, was the Melbourne guy, but it was always going to be... We basically thought that yeah, one of the two would make it, but... Probably not both of them. I don't think we thought that Essendon would be the team no. that was the other well, one. Well, because we were, we were having Melbourne and St Kilda for that like eighth spot kind of yeah. roundabout. So it turns. I have to go back and listen and see what, what we had as our top eight, and maybe review yeah. that next week. But I, mean, I can't actually remember. Yeah, it seems like it was like that. Um, I know we all had Hawthorne in there. Yeah, we would have all had Hawthorne in Dico there. Dico didn't have the Idiots. Bulldogs, which is probably proven to be right, which yeah. we'll be very happy about. Yeah, uh, but we'll yeah, so into that. The Saints get there, get the job done, but unfortunately they're probably still going to miss. Bruce kicked 3-3. Three, three. If he can be a little bit more accurate, he'd be a yeah, much better player. Tim Membry's a good player. Solid. He's erratic, Josh Bruce. Oh, he's good at taking a mark. He's the man from the country. Yeah. Ben Cunnington. Yeah, kind of, 36 kind of touches yeah. and two goals. So he's had it's a very 
Probably North's BNF. He's had a pretty good season. Yeah. And last game of the round, uh, Frio got smashed by Richmond. Uh, it was a horrible game. Yeah, not much you can say about that. Richmond played well. Dockers started the game well, and it was exciting. Harley Bennell, seeing him play and get through was obviously a positive, probably the only one from a Freo point of view. Um, yeah, Richmond played well, but as I said in a failed podcast yesterday, that the one thing that I would repeat from this is that Ross Lyon seems very committed to playing the young kids and giving them experience. He didn't put loose men back. He didn't flood. He just kept it man on man to for them to learn a lesson. And even though he's copped criticism or they get more criticism because they lost by 100, there's... If they lost by 50 or 60, it wouldn't have been any better, really, if they had just yeah. guys behind the ball. They, they tried to just... He's still trying to get them to play the way they want to play and, and do things, this expose the, people and let them learn. The media hype we'll over, see what happens. over losing by 100, I think. Media just hypes it up because it's a... Yeah. Well, I think, it's I not think a good thing. It's losing happened two in a row is twice, bad. Yeah, yeah, twice in a row, which isn't a good look. But, no, but you know... I think they've got some of them. Some of the young guys have probably checked out a bit. Yeah, I think it's this season. There's it really, not enough of the experienced guys there at the moment. To it was the the, drag the style in which they lost as well. I think it was like a home game, mm. and yeah, I in thought fr- last in front week's of the game home, was worse in front of the home crowd. Well, I didn't see last week. Last game, week's so. game was like this game was frustrating to watch because it seemed like a lot of things were just going against them. Like some half. I mean, obviously, it's not the reason they lost by a mile, but. It was one of those things where everything went like every time the ball bounced and it could have bounced to them or popped up, it didn't. Yeah, it went the other way. That always happens the, when the you're half, on the losing side. <laughs> yeah, the half half like sort of free kicks went to Richmond. They got some like it, it just everything sort of went against them. So it was more frustrating. Whereas the week before was really disappointing because the effort just wasn't there and they were really yeah. poor. This week I thought at least maybe because they started well it glossed over a little bit, but they it just seemed like a lot of other things that are like luck-based things went against them as well yeah. and it wasn't just purely well, I mean, a I lack of effort. I didn't watch last week's it wasn't a soft. Fremantle demolition, but this week it seemed to me like a lot of things were a little bit too easy for Richmond. Like it could, they could have made Richmond's life a little bit well, more difficult. Well, as I difficult. said, it, if Ro- he let them go one-on-one and when you're going one-on-one with a team that's in the top four and think they're a premiership chance and you've got eight guys that have played less than 20 games in your team, obviously they're going to be outmatched against their opponents one-on-one, so you're going to lose a lot of one-on-ones. Could have played Spearman yeah. back, could have changed things, but let it go. We'll, f- we'll find out next season if it was the, other thing the is, right like thing to do or not. Pretty young team, so you generally after their first like couple of seasons or whatever, they'll just get that stamina about them and they can last the whole 23 rounds. Like, yeah. you just got a lot of young kids. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year. The time time still will tell. Some, still next season signs. if they come good. I, there's been a lot of positives this year. Good players. Disab- hopefully they play well this week. I don't think they're on a downward spiral yeah. or anything. I think they're in the same. Like, obviously not recent success as Hawthorne, but I think Hawthorne's in the same boat. They've got a lot of young talent coming through. Just yeah, have to put experience into it. Just needed pap yeah. out there. That's all they need. That's what we need. Imagine. All right, we'll do the votes. I'll go first. I gave one to Mark Murphy. Oh, two to David Zaharakis, three to Jack Stephen, four to Josh P. Kennedy, and five to the million dollar man Josh Kelly. And that was my votes. Uh, I went one Todd Mitchell, uh, two Zaka Zaharakis, mm-hmm. three Bokey, okay. um, four JPK, and five Josh Kelly, like a machine. Uh, I went uh, one for Sam Doherty, two for Patrick Dangerfield. Three for Zaharakis. 
I changed this one from yesterday. Number four, or the four votes goes to Jesse Hogan. Ah, Hogan. And five, Josh Kelly. Hogan's heroes. Nice. All right, we'll do uh, top ten now. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best, sir. And this week, Sons of the, the West. West. Red, Red, white, and, and blue. Woo! Um, <laughs> well, Doug, so, and do. Uh, Missed out in the so top ten. yesterday. So yesterday... <laughs> I don't know, Croft. Do you want to go first again? Have yeah. you, did you change your top ten? Yeah. yeah, I changed it. <laughs> oh, okay. So you you guys missed out on yesterday. Croft's top ten was absolutely. Oh, I had a little bit horrible. of some <laughs> accidental. <laughs> he missed probably th- the three top yet yeah, all time games played for the Bulldogs players. Yeah, well, that was because <laughs> I went from two thousand. They started their careers in the nineties. Yeah, so he I stuffed them. it right up. Even though they they played to about two thousand seven, most of them. Anyways, cool. you, you go first, yep. mate. You go. All right. Ten, Dale Morris. Oh, Murray. Nine, Easton Wood. Eight, Liam Picken. Yeah, Billy. Seven, Daniel Gian Saracusa. Yeah. Six, Luke Darcy. Mm-hmm. Five, He Brad wasn't in there yesterday. Johnson. He wasn't in there yesterday either. Smiley. <laughs> Four, Adam Cooney. Yeah. Three, Robert Murphy. Bobbitt. Two, Scott West. Oh, he wasn't in there yesterday. <laughs> and one, still Matthew Boyd. Still Matthew Boyd, Matthew so Boyd. He's, he's still missed out one guy. Matthew Boyd's one of my favourite one of my favorite right. Bulldogs players that I've watched personally. It's a, it's a personal opinion thing, yeah. so... Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, fair fuck enough. you, Colo. He was a dream... I'd get him in my <laughs> dream team. When I was dream teaming, he was one of the first I'd pick every year. Big fan um, of Dream Boyd. team, dream boat, really. Also, last week we kind of like we did the Eagles list and we sort of made fun a little bit about the about Ben Cousins and didn't really. But Ben Cousins was an absolute superstar. I watched some footage the other day of him. Just thought I'd go back and touch on how much I loved him <laughs> as a player. He was an absolute gun. He was elite superstar legend. Share, Just, a, little, share a little bit of man love there. Unfortunately, the drugs have ruined him. But that's all right. Uh, so mine was number ten, Nathan Eagleton. He was bald. Good for him. Oh, Number nine, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, he proposed with a burger ring. He won a brown low, Adam Cooney. He was also is a bit of a pleb some of the, most of the time. Number eight, you know, yeah, he was good at Dream Team, but Matty Boyd, he's a good player. He's been around a long time, so he's had a good career. Number seven, shit commentator Luke Darcy. <laughs> Number six, just something's always broken, Dale Morris. Number five, our man, the Italian stallion, Daniel Jean Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. Number four, everyone's second favorite teddy bear head, Bob Murphy. His head looks like a teddy bear. I don't know why I think that, but I just yeah. always have. The rascal. Number four, Scott West. Uh, disappointing end to Scott West's career. He was injured and just couldn't get back out there, but nearly won the Brownlow about 80 times. Number two, the smiling assassin, Brad Johnson, another shit commentator. And number one, didn't make it into Croft's list, but he won a brown though and was disqualified. Chris Grant. Grant He was a very good player. And also, I mean, he gets extra points just for Jared Grant. Granty. (laughs) (laughs) Richard's man, Granty. All right. Well, yeah, mine's a bit different as well, but I've gone more modern take Mm. on the game because, as I said, I've probably started following footy after most of those guys had retired and 
basically they won a grand final last year, so I'm going with Bailey. Most of the team. Basically, who's been good at the Bulldogs since Hawthorne's been dominant? Yeah, that's who pretty much. Who, won, who beat us last year, those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so number 10, I've gone Ryan Griffin because yeah, he just, you know, the captain when he went off first started. Um, Brad Johnson, number nine, Smiling Assassin. Didn't see many of his games, even though there were a lot of them, obviously. Uh, Adam Cooney, number eight, Brownlow, pleb, as Adam said. <laughs> number seven, Dale Morris, I love his defense. Uh, number six, Liam Pickin. He's just a, he's a bulldog through and through. <laughs> um, number five these next three the uh, next couple are interchangeable but Matty Boyd as Reese said he's a, he's a dream team dream boat uh, number four Easton Wood I think he's an absolute gun and number three Licky Dowhouse just because and the Bont num- the Bont is number two because mm. yeah that knows uh, <laughs> number one I reckon is Bob Murphy just because he's the Bob it he picked, uh, he picked up the pieces when Griffa basically fucked the team yeah. Um, and I reckon he's done pretty well. He's an innate leader. He's a soul man. He is heart and team. All right. That's our top 10 for this week. Now we're going to move on to oh, the also, best. Oh, I've got my honorable mention of Daniel Bandy. I needed to oh, yeah. get that oh, one in. The band. Daniel Bandy. Uh, so we'll do Yen yeah, look. Yen. Yeah, First one Ross Lyon should be under more pressure. I think no, because. We know what they where they're at, and he's signed a contract. He's he's locked in. So, no, I think it probably is some pressure. He wouldn't be happy, but he's going to be there. He's going to bring him back to the promised land. I'm going to say no as well. Purely, I think this time next year, maybe. Oh, it's the same thing's happening this time next year. Yeah, but I think right now, that as as you said yesterday on our podcast, attempt was (laughs) is. He's they've committed to him. Like there's nothing you'd like to see better than a club committing to a coach in the long yeah. term. And the fact they have is, you know, I think they're pretty solid. Te- teams toss people out too quickly. You look at the NBA and stuff, the franchises that have been good have had obviously it's gotta be a good coach. You can't just hold on to a scrub. But someone that's proven some success, you give them the time to build and this is a great opportunity for him to build a, a list instead of inheriting a list, build a list of players that he wants to play his game style gives you the best possible chance for having sustained success because they're going to be the guys he wants rather than just having to do his best with what's there. Um, well, I said yes yesterday, but I might change it upon reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the end of the season. There's really no point. <laughs> There's yeah. no point in applying pressure yeah. anymore. I think they're probably just waiting for the end of the season and then Looking forward to the off season where big, they can shape the team and then pre-season. Uh, go into next season. Think consistency yeah, breeds success. Like you just want them to. You don't want them to be worried about losing their coach at any time. Like just the yeah. all the all the coaches that are like, oh, is he is he in trouble? It's like who cares? Wait for the end of the season, <laughs> then drop him because like even if they're having a bad run, unless like there's some that have done pretty well. Like uh, was it Campo? I think he took over for Adelaide for a bit. Yeah, it's only because their coach died. Yeah, but they had, they had a pretty decent <laughs> season yeah, after that. I think it was yeah. off an emotional high, like they were just doing it for Phil. Yeah. But, yeah, like some have, but, you know, stick, stick with them. All right, next one. The Swans are now premiership favourites. Nah, uh, not for me. I said yes, and I'm going to stick with yes. I think... Mm. I think they have their positives. I just don't think they're the favourites right now, just because, like, you know, I just I'm I'm kind of on the GWS bandwagon at the moment. Like, I'm a bandwagoner. That's what I do. Okay. Um, yeah, I just think they they've got all their 
like dominoes lined up I suppose the only issue with as we said yesterday was their experience uh, I think Sydney are a good team considering they went 0-6 and six and they've like broken that record like they're doing if they'd finished top 4 that's amazing but yeah I just don't think yeah. for mine I'd probably say look because they aren't top 4 it's going to be tough and also I think they're probably like I think they are probably the best team but they've spent a lot of petrol tickets to come back from 0-6 They've had. They haven't had a lot of margin for error. No, they were normally, just coasting. They were just coasting for six games. <laughs> normally, so a team. <laughs> normally, a team like has a loss in that tail part of the season, and it freshens up a bit or whatever. Or you can rest some guys. They haven't been able to do any of that. They've had to. Yeah. Because they've really needed to win, and even though they've got themselves in a position now where they can afford to lose a game, I think that yeah, they're, they're one of. They're probably one of. I think them, Adelaide, and GWS would be my three. My yeah, three teams. Yeah, but. that's the thing. I think, like, obviously, we saw that they can be Adelaide. Mm. And I, I think, think it's going to be a good GWS. grand final this year. That's the only reason why I'm saying a pure yes is because I think that they will have no problem beating Adelaide and GWS. Like, obviously, GWS finals, and Adelaide yeah. can win also, but I reckon, like, you back Sydney and. Mm. Uh, it's going to be. I really. I hope it is a good grand final because it's been such an even season with so many great games. It'd be really disappointing if we got that Geelong Port. Like if Port managed to just bullshit their way to the grand final somehow and then got oh, smashed yeah. like they did against Geelong. Or like, even, yeah. or even, if, it is, so even if it is somehow like a GWS Adelaide grand final and like, you know, GWS inexperience. Just... Well, if it's GWS and Adelaide, we, at least we know it's going to be very offensive. Like it's, it's going to be... Yeah. You'd, It'll you be an exciting game. You would football, think. Yeah. They both have good defensive players as well though, that, yeah. but they, they'd like to play up-tempo. It's interesting Sydney probably grind it down a little bit more. It's interesting because Adelaide have the experience, uh, not sure about finals experience really, but they they have the experience, but they haven't had a good run into the finals so they far. Deep, Whereas yeah. GWS is the opposite. They have the inexperience, but they've had a good hot streak leading in. So it's just, yeah. It should be a, a fantastic final. All right. Next one. Port are a legit threat? No. Nah. Nah. Okay. <laughs> and you're on the Geelong uh, selection panel or whatever, list management. You've got Andrew Mackey, Harry Taylor, Steve Motlop. You've got to delist one, extend one, and put one up for trade. Croft, what do you do? Um, I am delisting Andrew Mackey or mm-hmm. retiring probably. Um, trading Stephen Motlop and keeping Harry Taylor on in that forward role, which he has been very proficient at. Yeah, I'm trading Motlop, delisting or retiring Harry Taylor and extending Mackie. I'm dropping Mackie, trading Harry Taylor, just because he's a few years younger, if I can. Uh, can't see it, mm-hmm. but I just think, yeah, Daniel Motlop, I probably... Is a bit Daniel Motlop. Daniel. You've got Daniel Motlop out of retirement. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Stephen Motlop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I get... Stephen Motlop, I'd keep him on for just because the age. I you know he's inconsistent, but yeah, I wouldn't, he's like, still wouldn't, was, wouldn't mind seeing many some better things from him. Yeah, he, he can. Be he has the ability. He can That's be. I don't think he, I think he could benefit from a sea change a little bit. I just think they'd probably still be able to get something half decent for him that and might that might also. Help yeah, I think they out of all the, those three players. Yeah, he's I the think one with the Harry most Taylor is still a pretty good player, and I I would like to keep him, but mm. I think he'd also be actually like pretty. He'd be a pretty good addition to some other teams. They like this that swingman. He's a good defender. I mean, yeah, you could put his age is the only real downside. You could have him in the same way as like a one-year Sam Mitchell-esque kind of deal, where he goes into coaching. coaching, Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the tips. It's time. 
this week, and it's a big week. A lot of shaping can be done to the top eight, although I expect it to basically stay as is. So Hawthorne and Bulldogs on the Friday night. I'm going to tip Hawthorne just because even though it kind of cancels out the fact that it's Hodge's last game because it's Bob Murphy's last game too. So emotion's going to be emotion <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and neither of them can get into the eight, so it's kind but of... But I, I reckon Hawthorne... I just think Hawthorne. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I'm going with Hawthorne as well. I think Hawthorne, but I'm probably going to tip Western Bulldogs just against Adam because he's currently leading our tipping competition. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one, Collingwood and Melbourne at the MCG. I'm going to tip Melbourne, Demons although I expect Collingwood to give it a good shake. Yeah, Hogan, Hogan will have another good game. I reckon Melbourne, so. if, they're going to, if they want to go good in finals, they want to have a pretty decent game leading Yeah. Uh, Brisbane and North Melbourne at the Gabba. Uh, I'm going to tip Brisbane, but I don't know. Yeah, because they, they were very good last week. I think they it'd be good to see them finish another win. And also, I think mm, whoever for, loses this gets the first pick. It's a battle so. for the spoon. Yeah, I'm going North Melbourne. I think they'll win it. Uh, yeah, I think Brisbane have more to gain from winning another game and just having the second pick. I think North are better off losing and getting that first pick. In terms of just where they're at and their I think, um, development, this I is why. This why. is why because this is. I'm going to go Brisbane, by the way, but this is why I think you think this way. If I'm going to, if I'll provide mind. some insight here, is that Brisbane are very much running with what they have, whereas North Melbourne, I think, need to take a step back and reshuffle a lot yeah, of their list. Very so, so Brisbane have got it. Brisbane had need the moment, Brisbane need that momentum yeah. into next season, I think, with their developing list. Whereas North Melbourne's less of a developing list and more the one that needs a little bit of restructuring. Yeah. Also, Brisbane have drafted key position guys, so they could probably afford to just pick best available. Whereas North probably need to like specific, have specific needs because yeah. they're starting their rebuild, so they'd be better off with one where they have all the options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney and Carlton at the SCG. I'll tip Sydney to finish strong. Yeah, Sydney. Yep, Sydney. Uh, GWS and Geelong at Simmons Stadium. I'm going to tip GWS for the reasons we spoke about Geelong earlier. Yeah, yeah I'm yep. going GWS. Same, also, unanimous. forgot about the name of the week, Reese. Oh, yeah, of course. Wiley, Wiley Buzzer. <laughs> Wiley Buzzer. Great name. Um, Port and... Gold Coast, well, Gold Coast are not in the top eight, so I'm going to yeah. Port. Port to Adelaide Oval. Could yep. be ugly, this one, actually. Port, Port Adelaide. I reckon I actually think Port will really annihilate them and then lose in the first round of finals. That's what I think will happen. <laughs> I'm, going to, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to annihilate them so hard, Gary Ablett's going back to Geelong. <laughs> Essendon and Fremantle at Etihad Stadium. I'm going to tip Essendon. I'll probably put a bet on Fremantle, though. Yep, Essendon for mine. I think this they need to win this. Probably see what happens to selection as well. Yeah, I'm gonna. Go. Yeah, the bombers should. I'm gonna go the bombers. To play for. If they lose, St Kilda can potentially get in the eight. So the only thing Fremantle has to play for is like personal pride, yeah. and the fact yeah. they were so poor the two weeks before that, and unless they really hate Essendon and just you know want them to not make the finals, but they've had a good um, run at Melbourne, so they have. Yeah, Richmond and St Kilda at the MCG. I'm gonna tip Richmond, and it'll just. Yep. Richmond, yeah. the Saints, I think. Squash might, Saints, might get a bit of Richmond here. And West Coast and Adelaide over here. I'll tip West Coast, I think. Um, After a tough game last week, then coming over here, I reckon Adelaide might, home. Adelaide might leave a few at home. Yeah, I'll go Adelaide. I think they're just... And I think, uh, I'm tipping Adelaide. I think Josh, Josh Kennedy's going to finish strong. Yeah. Oh, he's going to finish oh, strong either way, 20. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> either way, he's finishing strong. All right, let's... Uh, Let's hand it over now to Croft's Cook. 
Here's a coconut something up. Who's going to be extra pumped up because he already did this. Yes, <laughs> I already did this. <laughs> All right, I'm going to cook. What was I cooking again? I can't even remember. Uh, no, Carlton I was cooking. I was, yeah, I was doing a nice biased Carlton cook because everybody was saying oh, that's right. on the back of Neil Craig, I think he let a few things slip that probably he shouldn't have, but, you know, we we'll forgive crazy old nutty professor. Um, but, yeah, everybody was saying that Carlton was uh, tanking after losing, what was it, six or seven in a row, and then they came back out and they smashed your mob. By seven points. They smashed, <laughs> smashed your mob. Absolute trouncing. You weren't even in it. It was seven points, but you were never in it. <laughs> Mate, I had you guys were in the first half. So that's what I'm saying. I'm going to say fuck you to all those who were saying that we were tanking. We have... Saved ourselves from getting that dreaded first dra- first pick in the draft. Um, <laughs> and hoodoo. I'm just happy to say that we didn't lose by 104 points two weeks in a row. There you go. Um, also, we I mentioned it yesterday. I forgot to say it today, but just to talk about how to, to, how crap Todd Goldstein is. Oh, yeah. Todd Goldstein, so. what's happened, mate? You were all Australian. You were the best ruckman in the comp. We did our, our top... Whatever, yeah, he was right top up five there ruckman. I think I yeah. had you number one or number two, think and I now you're well. absolute yeah. piece of crap. Get yourself together, mate. You're only I reckon I'm backing There's him in. Time. I'm backing him in next year. He's going to have a massive comeback. He needs here. to get healthy. If I was yeah. North Melbourne, I would trade him. Oh, yeah, you could. Yeah, got yeah. some value. It's going to be pointless by the time they're good again. He's going to be even crapper than he is now. I reckon this at 28. There's still plenty of teams that'll be like, you know what? I could use this man for yep. two more, two or three more years. I, I back in his potential. I'll trade you a second round pick or something. If they have another year like this year, next year, his value will be dropping. In so. a rebuild, in, in a rebuilding team, he's a team you'd want to. There's plenty of teams yeah. that would consider. I think Geelong would probably consider him. Uh, Adelaide probably don't need him. GWS probably don't need him. Richmond, yeah, their Richmond stock's could, a little bit yeah. light. He'd be all right there. But if you even like, I mean, Fremantle. With Sandlins and stuff, and it, like, they'd probably consider him because I think Griffin's on the out. You know, they've got Sean Darcy, but you don't really want to put so much pressure on him straight away. It depends how they feel about that. But there'd be plenty of teams that would certainly inquire. I think that's what they should do. Anyways, that's all we've got time for. We don't have Dico here, so it's just going to be us giving you the old farewell message of Yeah, nah, look, the official farewell. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Brett, Brett, we've got your uh, Fraser Gehrig card right here ready to go. We'll be sending that off. But in the meantime, keep well. Keep well. Keep well. All right. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 